In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One who comes to us, our Emmanuel, and brings to us more than what we could even expect ourselves. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, listen up, University Lutheran. There's a girl in here, and she is going to, by the end of the year, she's going to be pregnant. And when she gets pregnant, you are going to understand that God is with us. Well, maybe that gave you a little bit of a sense of what it was like to be around Isaiah during this reading. Maybe if you were a girl out there, you kind of wondered, could I? Uh, No. (laughs) Maybe you sort of got a sense of what it was like for that maiden, that virgin, to whom Isaiah was talking. But in order to understand the full story, we actually have to go before our reading, actually quite a bit before our reading, and get into some political realities of the time. You see, what was happening at the time was that this nation that Isaiah and Ahaz were a part of, they were in the midst of a civil war. What had happened was that the nation that David and Solomon had put together and had grown through the power of God and through their own wisdom and God being with them, that this nation had sort of fallen apart and it had begun to get into the civil war north versus south. In the north they retained this name of Israel and sometimes they got called Ephraim. And the south, they took the name Judah. And it was in the midst of this civil war that they were fighting back and forth with one another, trying to get just a little bit more land to call their own. Because each of them thought that they were the rightful rulers of this place. Well, you see, what... Israel decided would be a good idea was that they would actually make an alliance. They would make an alliance with these folks called the Assyrians, who were also called the Arameans. Maybe because they both had two names. And they said, if we make an alliance with you and you come with us and we defeat Jerusalem and Judah together, it will be a very, very good thing for all of us involved. And so they began to plot against Jerusalem, the capital city of Judah. And they decided that they would go to war. And they went to war. And they got all the way up to the very walls of Jerusalem itself. These Israelites and these Arameans... They rolled their tanks right up to the wall. But they couldn't get in. Try as they might, for some reason or another, they were always pressed back. They were always pushed back. They could never quite take Jerusalem. And they were 
beginning to run out of supplies and run out of the things that they needed in order to mount this offensive against this capital city of Judah and to finally take it. But the folks inside of Jerusalem, they didn't know that. They just saw this huge army that was coming at them time and time again. They saw this huge army that was menacing with not only just their cousins, but also with now the friends of their cousins that they had brought into this fight. And they were not sure how long Jerusalem would stand. And so you take the camera and you pull it back from those walls and you zoom it in at this place called the Washerman's Pool. And there at the washerman's pool you see this guy and he's visibly shaken, this king named Ahaz. And maybe he's wiping away the vomit from his mouth because he's just that upset. He doesn't know if his kingdom is going to last much longer. He doesn't know if those Israelites and those Arameans are finally going to make one more push. And it's all going to be over. And he's there and he's worried. He's visibly shaken. Perhaps he's crying. Perhaps he's just staring off into space. But you can tell, and the scriptures tell us, that he was shaking like a leaf. He wasn't sure what was going to happen next. And his court, the people that he wants around him during these times, his good friends, his cabinet, those people that are around him, they're surrounding him and they're not quite sure themselves, but they're at least trying to put on a brave face. Saying, no, king, it'll be okay. While not really believing that themselves. And this tense situation between the king and his court as they're trying to figure out what they could do next if Israel and Aram came at them just one more time. What do we do this time to push them back again? Do we actually have the resources to do that? And all of a sudden, off in the distance, you hear yelling... And as you hear this yelling get closer and closer, you see this man and his son. And as he gets closer and closer, you hear him say, Get out of my way, I have to talk to him. And his son in tow, you can see, it now you can recognize who they are. It's Isaiah and his son, She'er Jahib. And they're walking up and making their way through guards and through people. And all of a sudden he gets up right in the eye shot of this shaken king Ahaz. And their eyes meet. And Isaiah looks at Ahaz and says, They're done. 
You don't have to worry anymore. They're not going to come against you. They're all out of supplies. They're all out of the power that they need to come out of us again. Stand up straight. Stop being such a wuss. Look like a man. Look like a king. Have faith. And let your faith not shake. Well, everybody else in the court isn't quite sure what to do with this. They've seen Isaiah before. Isaiah has been a truth teller. He's been somebody who has never been known to say something false, but the reality just doesn't seem to match. It's much like when Jesus visits his disciples for the first time after he's raised from the dead, and they see him, but they also, Scripture tells us, doubt. Is that really him? Did I just eat something bad? Is this a dream? Is that a ghost? You see, their faith is not shaken because their expectations really just don't match up with what is happening. The court expects that the Israelites and the Arameans will eventually run over Jerusalem. It's just a matter of time. That's not their hope. Certainly they would never hope for that. But that's their expectation. And so when something else comes into the picture that doesn't match their expectation, even though it may be something that they're hoping for, they just quite can't bring themselves to believe it. And Isaiah seems to get that. And he looks around at this court and he says, Listen up, house of David. Is it not enough that you try the patience of men, but you also now are trying the patience of God? And he starts to look around into the crowd. And he's kind of looking, darting back and forth, seeing he's definitely looking for someone there in the crowd. And then he, he finds her. And she's looking at him kind of afraid, not sure what is going on. She's just seen this man explode with rage at the rest of the court. You can almost see the steam coming out of his ears. His son definitely recognizes that look from the last time that he was in trouble. And now she's looking at him and these wild eyes that he has as he's looking through that crowd. And then he locks eyes with her and it's like all of a sudden his face changes. And it's that look that he gets on his face when he begins to understand something that he's never understood before. It's that look of epiphany that breaks across his face. 
And his hand begins to slowly raise. And he says, Behold, the virgin will bear a son, and his name will be God with us. And then you will know that God is with us. That what God has to say is true. Then you will know. Because those two kings that you're so afraid of right now, they're going to tuck tail. And that will be utterly apparent by the time that this virgin's boy can eat solid food. So, University Lutheran, what's it going to take for you to believe? Is it going to take a boy born to a virgin in a town named Bethlehem? Is it going to take that same boy preaching as a rabbi who nobody can contradict? Is it going to take that boy coming down from the Mount of Olives on a donkey as everybody says, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Is it going to take that same boy tacked up on a cross dying for your sins? Is it going to take that same boy raised from the dead in three days? Is it going to take Your baptism. Is it going to take the words announced to you of your forgiveness of sin? That those sins are no longer associated with you. Is it going to take that boy's true body and true blood taken in your mouth for that forgiveness of sin? Is it going to take that boy returning in his glorious second coming? Be on the lookout, University Lutheran. He has a lot more in store for us. Watch for His signs, because He is coming. Amen.